welcome to the ante-penultimate day of September. The federal fiscal new year is looming, and you have three days to set your plans to mark the occasion. In the meantime, this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement is here to celebrate September 28th as International Day for Universal Access to Information. As always, every installment of this newsletter and podcast provides link to primary sources, so make sure you take a look today. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. On today's installment of the program, Greene County Administrator Mark Taylor resigns to take a school superintendent position in Spotsylvania County. A detour of two major roadways in Albemarle County finishes earlier than anticipated. Solar policy will take center stage at the Rivanna River Basin Commission Conference tomorrow. A restaurant staple on Maury Avenue will close later this year after 46 years, and UVA's Director of Hospital Epidemiology reflects on where we are in the COVID pandemic and whether it is over. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, WTJU is different. WTJU is a free public service dedicated to sharing the transcendent experience of jazz and blues. Now the station is counting on listeners to provide the funding to make it possible. Please tune in and support WTJU's Jazz Marathon, airing around the clock special shows this week through Sunday, October 2nd, featuring live jazz and blues concerts every night at 8 p.m. Are you a new listener? Marathons are great ways to discover what makes WTJU so special. Thank you to WTJU Jazz for being there and for this shout out. Green County has joined a growing list of communities that are searching for a new executive to lead local government. Mark B. Taylor has resigned to become school superintendent in Spotsylvania County. He told the Board of Supervisors last night that he helped the county get a lot accomplished. Been here since April of 2019, and it has been quite an adventure. We all got through COVID. We worked together and established the EMS department after UVA canceled us. Taylor said the county has also exited the Rapidan Service Authority in order to create its own water and sewer department. Last week, the Amherst Board of Supervisors asked for the resignation of Dean Rogers. That's according to a story in the Amherst County New Era Progress. Earlier this year, Nelson County Administrator Stephen Carter resigned, and Candace McGarry was appointed to the position. Pittsylvania County is on its second interim administrator after the firing of David Smitherman in early January. Charlottesville continues to be run by interim city manager Michael C. Rogers. The city is seeking to hire a new police chief before turning back to a search for a permanent replacement for city manager. Taylor will be paid $245,000 a year in his new position running schools in Spotsylvania. That's according to ABC7 News. A planned detour of the intersection of US 250 and Route 151 in Albemarle County has wrapped up earlier than expected. 
Nighttime closures of the intersection took place to reconstruct the approach Route 151 makes toward the Federal Highway. Here's a section from a press release. Crews with the contractor, Curtis Contracting of West Point, Virginia, worked extended shifts to accomplish the work necessary to reestablish access through the intersection and remove the detours. The roundabout is expected to be completed in February. Curtis Contracting is also working on the diverging diamond at I-64 and US-250, which is also scheduled to be finished early next year. The owners of Anna's Pizza, number 5 on Maury Avenue in Charlottesville, have announced they will be closing at the end of this year after a 46-year run. In a Facebook post made yesterday, they said that they appreciate the love and relationships they have developed along the way. They said they would greatly miss the experience of running the restaurant, but it is time to move on to their next chapter. The post does not mention that the building was purchased this past April by an entity called Stadium Row LLC. The company purchased two properties that make up the shopping center for just over $3 million. Other tenants include Wan Ho Chinese Takeout, Rudy's Dry Cleaners, and Wahoo Wash. Under the city's existing rules, the land is zoned Neighborhood Commercial Corridor. Under the adopted future land use map, the property is designated as Urban Mixed Corridor. Earlier this month, City Council approved a special use permit for 119 units a block away on Jefferson Park Avenue. As for Anna's, one of the owners will continue business as Sapori della Nona, with fresh pasta, sweets, Italian dressing, tomato sauce, and more. You can follow that business on Instagram at at Delicacies 5 and on Facebook at Sapori della Nona. Do you or someone you know have an interest in the connections between how land is used and the water quality of rivers and streams? Tomorrow, an entity called the Rivanna River Basin Commission is putting on its seventh annual conference. Here's Isabella O'Brien, environmental planner at the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission. The purpose of this conference really is to promote the environmental stewardship um, and equity of the basin and the region as we transition into more um, renewable energy sources, as well as to provide a forum for local governments, staff, and the public as well to learn more um, about this growing topic of solar. The conference comes at a time when many localities across rural Virginia are processing utility-scale solar facilities that can take up hundreds of acres. Albemarle County is currently considering a special use permit for a 650-acre project called Woodridge Solar. Our first speaker is Elizabeth Marshall, and she is the program manager for the UVA Weldon Cooper Center's um, solar initiative. And so she was the lead on the Virginia Solar Survey, where um, UVA Weldon Cooper Center reached out to all of the cities and counties across Virginia to learn about their capacity for transitioning into solar energy. Marshall will share the results of the survey, which was completed by 109 out of 135 localities across the Commonwealth. O'Brien said using up that much land has effects which can be mitigated, and the discussion will provide some examples of best practices. 
we're trying to help create the platform and forum to have those conversations. Uh, so we also have Lauren Glickman from Encore Renewable Energy coming, and their organization really focuses on um, dual-use solar. So that includes practices like agrosolar or agrivoltaics, well, where you can use native plants, um, grazing animals, um, and other practices sort of to and amplify the benefits um, that you can see with solar energy rather than clear cutting and placing it on farms. The final speaker is Chad Martin, the environmental justice coordinator for the Virginia Department of Environmental Quality's Blue Ridge region. He's coming to speak about sort of the background and history of the environmental justice movement and laws um, surrounding it, um, as well as how it's implemented um, on the county and city level. Martin will also discuss the White House's Justice 40 initiative, which seeks to direct 40% of federal spending into communities that are marginalized, underserved, and overburdened by pollution. The Rivanna River Basin Commission Conference begins at 1 p.m. at the Lewis and Clark Exploratory Center in Dardentau Park. There's also a way to watch virtually. Links to the registration for in-person or Zoom are in the newsletter. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement and in today's second Patreon-fueled shout-out. Have you been thinking of converting your fossil fuel appliances and furnaces into something that will help the community reduce its greenhouse gas emissions? Your local energy nonprofit, LEAP, has launched a new program to guide you through the steps toward electrifying your home. Thermalize Virginia will help you understand electrification and connect you with vetted contractors to get the work done and help you find any rebates or discounts. Visit thermalizeva.org to learn more and to sign up. Thank you to Leap for this shout out. This newsletter and podcast got its start in the early days of the pandemic when I launched the Charlottesville Quarantine Report. I was not working as a journalist at the time, but when faced with a crisis that had been brewing all winter, I began devoting my time to getting out information. In the early days of this program, almost every episode had some information about the COVID-19 pandemic in some way. It has now been more than two and a half years since the state of emergency was declared, and it's much more rare for me to get to one of these stories. At the September 21st meeting of the Albemarle Board of Supervisors, Chair Donna Price announced that she finally got a positive test. I joined um, 95,566,521 Americans with COVID last week. Hmm. Um, we've had over a million 50,000 deaths. There are three, 30 million Americans who experience long COVID. According to the COVID tracker for the Centers for Disease Control, the number of confirmed cases continues to trend downwards. Price said her case was very mild due to her recent vaccination boosters, as well as the availability of antivirals. She urged people to remain vigilant. And I encourage people to continue to get your vaccinations, um, to use safe practices, um, because it still is out there. We still are having a, uh, several hundred Americans die every day. Um, the 
president may have spoken in one respect that we're beyond the pandemic, but reality medically is we are not. The topic came up a couple days later at the weekly COVID-19 briefing put on by the University of Virginia Health System. Dr. Kosti Safri is the Director of Hospital Epidemiology at the University of Virginia Hospital. He said things seem like they are getting back to normal, with many people going to restaurants, traveling, going to the theater, and taking part in everyday events. In that manner and fashion, um, for those individuals, you know, the pandemic, um, you know, has um, receded um, and, and, you know, may conceptually be, you know, over in their mind. Um, but the virus, you know, isn't done with us. Dr. Sifri said COVID-19 remains one of the top five causes of death across the country, and there is always the possibility of new strains emerging. He said there is no consensus of when to declare the pandemic, and he doesn't consider the pandemic over. He added that the end of the emergency response is within sight. One of the potential consequences of, of um, you know, saying that the finish line has been crossed is that we, we, we um, pack up the bags, go home, and, and um, you know, don't think about what could be coming around the corner, what could be coming down the line. With the end of the emergency response, I think we may be still at a level of higher circulation of the virus that um, that uh, we would want, um, that we still see that it can be a significant threat, particularly with uh, to people who are not vaccinated, particularly to um, also people who don't respond well to vaccines or have multiple uh, medical conditions that put them at high risk for COVID. Dr. Sifri said models project another surge as temperatures drop. He said the public health sector has been taxed severely after the past two and a half years. The pandemic has greatly um, stretched and stressed public health um, to, to, um, to, to a point that it's very difficult for them to, to respond, um, you know, continuing on an ongoing basis that requires investment, um, not only, you know, capital investment, um, but also investment in the human resources, the people that um, do these jobs. Dr. Sifri said more study is needed to improve the equitable delivery of health care while moving through the fight against a novel virus. The time to prepare for the future is now to reflect and prepare. How can we um, you know, do this better um, and that we need to be um, um, doing um, better um, because we are you know, clearly seeing over the last 10 year novel emerging pathogens or re-emerging pathogens, um, you know, um, are, are continuing and we should expect that they, they will continue going forward. Charlottesville Community Engagement will continue to pay attention and I also urge you to remain vigilant. I'm at the beginning of my second week of my first bout with COVID and it's much better if you can avoid it yourself. And that's it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, episode 437. Thanks again for reading or listening. This newsletter and podcast is a service of Town Crier Productions, a company I created in 2020 to help me get back to reporting, and here I am. There's a lot more coming up in future editions of the program, including reports on the Regional Transit Partnership meeting, the Joint City Council and Planning Commission meeting on next steps for Charlottesville zoning, and the Albemarle Planning Commission taking a look at their comprehensive plan. These are the sorts of things I spent many years writing about, and it turns out that's really how I want to spend much of my time now. Civilization and society is complex, and I've made it my career to try to make some sense of some things. 
I'm grateful for the one in four members of the audience who are helping to cover the costs. If you would like to join them, please sign up for a paid subscription through Substack. Thanks to all who have done so. At the $5 a month or the $50 a year level, you get a first look at some content, such as the upcoming September Property Transactions Report. If you sign on at the $200 a month founding level, you get two shoutouts a month. It's a very low-cost way to get a message out, and please do so soon because that system will be changing. No matter the amount through Substack, Ting will match your initial payment. Hooray for Ting! And if you sign up for Ting through a link in the newsletter, you'll get a free standard installation, your second month for free, and a $75 downtown mall gift card. Enter the promo code COMMUNITY to get those benefits. Thank you, Ting. Music in the podcast version comes from Vraki, and you can sample that music on Bandcamp and the album Regret Everything. Pay what you want, and thank you, Vraki. Finally today, want to know when the next edition is going to come out? Hey, me too. Follow Town Crier Productions on Twitter. That's at twitter.com slash Crier or at towncrier. I don't know, uh, but uh, please do follow that. And there's breaking news and all sorts of stuff there. Thank you very much for listening. I'm going to get this produced and then get on to the next one because there is a lot to get through and there's no time like now to do so. Thank you very much for listening and classy goodbye.